Why That Tape podcast. I'm Jay Probs. And I'm Dr. Cash. And today, um, after a after a little break, we're back with another episode, um, another weekend warm-up. And starting off with the big news. I mean, we had to talk about it because um, I know Cash, you're a Rangers fan. So starting off the podcast, Rangers 2023 World Series champions. I mean, that was arguably one of the more dominant performances I've seen in a World Series. Yeah, it just completely unprecedented. No one predicted this. And I feel like just from that World Series perspective, like the main thing I took away was just how resilient this team was. Um, Mm -hmm. Being able to score, especially in that game, uh, game five with two outs, scoring 10 runs. It was just... um, game four i believe sorry it was just completely like un like no one's seen this before no one's seen it from a team this young um being able to put up that amount of runs and also dominate from the pitching side where this bullpen was really really bad um in those last couple weeks of the regular season so for me i mean it's just insane it's been a long way coming obviously never won a world series this whole 2010 to 2020 was it's pretty painful as a Rangers fan, even uh-huh. with those two World Series appearances. Um, but it's definitely well deserved for this team who went undefeated on the road. Something that's been really never heard of. Yeah, and I think um, what you touched on there was how how unprecedented this is for for any team, really. Um, and I think if you look like just looking at the stats, I mean, you you had rookies that were that were stepping up in big moments. I mean, um, Evan Carter, Josh Young, um, Jonah Heim, these, these guys were, were stepping up in clutch situations. And I mean, there's no, nothing else you can really ask because when you, when you have stars like Garcia, Seager, Simeon, who provide that firepower, you still need players behind that. And those, I mean, we saw three rookies really take that helm. Um, and I think, that was one. That was one of the bigger storylines throughout the entire postseason. Was that Rangers were getting this insane amount of production? I mean, especially from Evan Carter, who absolutely popped off. I feel like. Yeah, I think Carter, especially along with Lowe and Josh Young, but Carter, who got called up from um, the minors just a few weeks before the season ended when Adolis got injured, being nineteen years old and getting on base safely in every single game this postseason, it's, I, I, there's just no words to describe it. I think it went really, it went under the radar just because of how dominant uh, Seager and Garcia were playing, especially hitting home runs in the championship and uh, ALCS in the World Series. So I think his performances definitely went under the radar um, because he doesn't play a flashy style of baseball. It's just simple hits, singles, doubles, um, he's not a power hitter, but you know he was definitely a reliable piece for this team. And being just 19 years old, um, he did way more than any fan could have asked for. Yeah, and I feel like he was always in the right spot. It was always he he was that he would get on base and he would be the difference between a a solo home run and a two run home run, or a two run home run and a three run home run. That extra base run, I mean, that extra run can flip flip an entire game. Um, but I think 
looking at this World Series as a whole, I feel like we kind of have to talk about Game Four because I feel it because that was, in my opinion, the turning point of the series. Um, and whoever really took that game would. I mean, if the if if the Diamondbacks were able to take that game, they they kind of got back kind of they got back some control. They'd won back to back or they'd won one at home um, and. Texas goes and puts 10 runs in the first three innings and they kind of end that um, opener for Arizona Diamondbacks. It's a um, bullpen game and they get absolutely shattered for 11 runs. And I mean, cash, I feel like that kind of encapsulates, um, encapsulates the Rangers. They have, they're able to go four pitchers deep. Um, Heaney, I mean, through, Andrew Heaney threw an absolute five innings, four hits, one one earned run, and the Rangers walked away with the three one lead and went on to win the next day. So I feel like that game kind of encapsulates what this World Series has been for the Rangers. Yeah, I think definitely, and it, it's kind of how it's been this entire postseason, just having that dominant pitching for the most part. Um, there, there have been a couple games slip that had some slip ups, but for the most part, that starting pitching has been pretty lights out. And not to mention something that really surprised me this series had to have been the performances from Ginkle and um, Ginkle and Paul Seawald for the Diamondbacks. I mean, those were two elite closers so far this postseason. I mean, what they did in Philly in that NLCS was it was just insane with that environment and the batters they were facing in the bottom of the eighth and ninth. Yeah. Um I, I definitely did not see those those losses coming from them. I mean, they were just allowing hit after hit after hit. Um mm-hmm. and being veterans on top of that, it was just something that I, I didn't see coming at all. Exactly, exactly. Um but hey, I, I think credit has to be given to where credit's due. Um and one of one of the biggest pieces that I mean, ending this this little segment on the Rangers right here, um, Adolis Garcia, man, he is out out for the last two games of the series, and I mean, to be honest with you, it didn't even seem like the Rangers missed a beat. Um, they went up and put eleven, and then they they won the World Series, and losing your, in my opinion, your clutchest hitter, your Streaky is your hottest hitter and still going out and performing is super surprising in my opinion and also like shows the depth on this team, the, the ability to perform. Oh, yeah, for sure. And on top of that, I think it's just a testament to what this team has been able to respond to and fight through uh, this entire season. Look at early on in the season, losing to Grom, um, and then later on losing Scherzer for – for a pretty good amount of time just shortly after trading for him. Um, and then obviously Adolis late in the regular season, how that affected them as well. So I think that honestly, it's just a testament to what this team has done this entire season. And they were able to continue that energy, continue what they've been doing. And it, it, it really, to me, I feel like it was just, how desperate they wanted it. They knew they had, there were just two games out and Adolis continued to be a vocal point on the, in the dugout. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just, like I said, a testament to what's been going on this whole season. 
Yeah, for sure. I think you don't you don't win a World Series by playing well in in five games or in one postseason. It's it's a process, and the Rangers kind of show that even if you're even if it's not looking good, you a few signings, um, good recruitment, impressive play from your rookies, a few trades, and you you can be. It's I feel like. This World Series, this playoffs has shown that it's not going to be the Dodgers anymore, the Yankees, the Astros exactly. dominating the top of the MLB. You, we have freaking Arizona Diamondbacks and Texas Rangers playing in a World Series champion, World Series series, and like I feel like and, and not, pe- rooting- not many people love it, but I mean, I, I just I love to see this raw talent coming from farm systems in the MLB. Yeah. I mean, it's not all trades, big time money. And granted. Seager and Simeon for Texas, they were big money acquisitions. But, mm-hmm. you know, this team, it took years and years to build. It wasn't just a one-off season, signed five All-Stars kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, on the Diamondback side, you have young guys like Carroll, um, Zach Gallen, um, Cattell Marte. And that that's – I feel like that's where the MLB is heading and that's where it needs to head because – it cannot be dominated by, um, by t- three teams, four teams that are spending the most every single season. Um, we want to see these young, exciting teams that we can root behind. Because as an Astros fan, once they got out, I mean, both teams were fun to root for because they both have exciting players that you've like. You don't hear about the Corbin Carrolls, the Cattell Martes, um, because yeah, it, it's better. I feel like than watching. Like, the Dodgers, Yankees, um, World Series again and again and again. Yeah, and uh, and it for the untrained eye, people who don't watch baseball that much, they it's new talent that they get to see. New um, players, yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, it's it just introduces a new era of baseball. Um, and and it, to me, it sh- kind of showed a message to baseball fans that have been watching for a while, like. You know, this game really isn't going anywhere. Um, money isn't obviously going to win championships, as we saw with the Padres and Dodgers this year. Um, yep. Still a lot of aspects that come into winning ballgames. For sure. Um, but before we get back to the podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at Anchor and Spotify Podcast. They make it easy for us to upload and share our all of our podcasts at all the Spotify networks. Check them out. Go to SpotifyPodcasters.com and sign up today. Moving on to um, some more teams that I feel like could win win ball games, but in the NFL, um, we have some serious, serious matchups here. Um, I mean, just looking at the slate for week nine and um, 8.30 a.m. Um, Central Time, we have the Dolphins at the Chiefs in Germany, um, which – some mixed mixed reviews. I know MVS on the Chiefs says it sucks to play in Germany, but hey, it, we're we're gonna get an eight thirty game if we like it or not, right? <laughs> um, but then um, in that twelve o'clock s- slot, we have the Seahawks versus the Ravens, another game that I'm definitely gonna have on. Um, and then in the nighttime slot, um, Sunday night, Bills, Bengals, um, AFC rivalry, and so yeah, let's 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 start breaking down the early early game early germany game dolphins chiefs um 
in my opinion, two two of the most exciting offenses in the league. Um, when you have Tyreek Hill coming back to play Kansas City too, so you got that extra storyline. Um, Cash, what are your what are your initial thoughts on the game? What what do you think? Um, what, what do you think each team has has to do to win? For me, looking at the Dolphins, it, it starts with that defense. They've been shaky all year. Um, when they played a legit offense in Buffalo, they got completely dominated. And so I think, you know, against a Chiefs offense that hasn't looked too great, um, obviously because they just don't have the same threat at threat, that receiver position that they once did, they're going to have to take advantage of that and kind of dominate. You know, to me, I think it's going to be a shootout, but for the Dolphins to win, they're going to have to, you know, play some dominant defense. Um, and kind of how Denver did this past week, limit KC to a really slow start, force some turnovers. Yeah, and, and in keep in mind the Broncos game for the Chiefs. So there were some some lucky turnovers that they got, but in that same sense, Dolphins have to get those breaks because as of right now, Kansas City is the best team in the league, um, and so Miami is going to have to play up to that level. Um, and they, they definitely they definitely have the talent to do so. Um, just looking at the roster, and even though you have guys like A Chain out, you still have Mostert, um, and then Hill, Waddle, um, just every single offensive talent that you could possibly think of. And right. like you said, I I agree. I think the key for the key for Miami is limiting Travis Kelsey. You don't want him to get off to a hot start because if if he gets off to a hot start, he kills you. Um, he, you need to limit his production, and then you need to find some way to force a turnover, force one turnover, one, um, one kind of game changing, um, shifting, mood shifting, um, sh- play pl- turnover on defense, and I feel like that could really if if there's one thing that could help Miami win it's that and um if Jalen Ramsey does come back if he's healthy to go I feel like that's that's a massive massive boost because you're getting two you you now have two premier cornerbacks with Xavier Howards and Jalen Ramsey and um that's that's probably their best shot um but yeah and I mean with Ramsey had an immediate impact last week with that interception yeah. So we, we saw just how lethal this Miami defense can be. But at the same time, it's going to just come down to be consistency because we know how long that Chiefs offense can wear an opponent out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it obviously it's hard, hard to bet against the Chiefs um, when, when they did just have a, a demoraliz- demoralizing loss like that. Um, you know they're definitely going to come out with some anger in their stomachs. Um, but cash quick predictions. Uh, who do you got this game? I'm gonna end up taking. I'm gonna say Miami wins 35-27. I think it's gonna Ooh. be. A, I think it's gonna be a two possession game for the most part. But um, Kansas City will try to kind of make it close in the fourth quarter. But I think Miami ends up getting this win. Man, well, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That's where I have to disagree with you. I think. Kansas City, there's absolutely no way they lose two in a row. Um, they win. It is, it's a shootout. I think it's going to be 42-38. Um, 
Yeah, and Miami comes close. They definitely come close, but it's just Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey that there's almost no way to stop it. Um, but moving on to the to the noon slot, um, noon game, um, Seattle Seahawks versus the Baltimore Ravens, um, which is going to be fun because both teams at two losses right now, and it seems like the Ravens are finally getting their mojo back after three straight victories um, and an absolute headliner with their absolute throttling of the Lions, 38-6 in Week 7. Um, this offense it looks looks good. looks really good. Yeah, I think that Lions game where many people were looking for a really, really close game against two of the best teams yeah. in their uh, respective conferences – the Ravens kind of showed everyone that they're still here. Um, they they just got had had time to figure out that offense. Uh, obviously, incorporating Zay Flowers into their OBJ, um, and they did that perfectly. Lamar's been able to use his legs effectively, throw on the run, and um, I think that this game it's it's another kind of prove it game from the Ravens. So honestly. They've proved so far to me that they're still legit, but um, consistency is what they have preached before, what they've done before in the regular season, but we'll see if they're able to do it again here. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest differences this season is that there's legit wide receiver talent. Um, When you have OBJ, Zay Flowers, who are not getting injured, who are not on injured reserve every single week, it makes a difference for who Lamar is passing to. But I think if there is... If there is a game that the Ravens are going to lose, Seattle is a very likely opponent. It's a team that, with Gina at quarterback, teams could still could still underestimate them. Um, yeah, they definitely overlook him. Yeah, exactly. And with JSN, he's Jackson Smith and Jigba finally starting to play like like a top top ten receiver, um, a top first round talent. I feel like. Now you have three bona fide wide receivers on the outside for Seattle, and that that is a dangerous comp, comp composition, especially when you have a defense that is playing the way that the Seattle defense is playing. Yeah, I think last week was just a perfect example of like just never have never counting this team out. Um, you look at Geno having those two interceptions, not a great start. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, them being resilient, Jamal Adams coming up big in that fourth quarter and then finding JSN for that game-winning touchdown pass. This Seattle team is definitely being overlooked. And now with the acquisition of Leonard Williams this past week, their their defense is even more scary. Looking good. Looking good. That that defense looks scary, especially, like you said, Leonard Williams, Jamal uh, Jamal Adams coming back, and then Devon Witherspoon looking looking like a top corner. Um, yeah, he's proven why he was a top 10 pick. Top 5 pick, yeah, exactly. Um, but quick picks here. Um, I'm going to start. I think Baltimore wins um, 21-17. I think it's a low, lower scoring game, just given that both teams have incredible defenses. Um, but this is the one game Baltimore has to win before a slate where they played the Browns, Bengals, and they – they go on, ab- on an absolute like thrasher. Like there, there are multiple games. They play the Bengals, the Jaguars, 49ers, Chargers, Dolphins, all in. Um, 
the next few weeks. And I think this getting a win here will be will be a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's definitely a momentum booster on top of that um, earlier win in the season against Detroit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how what Harbaugh has this team doing and if they're truly legit. But I think it's an even bigger test for Seattle, who, yes, the Browns was a big win, but you know they didn't have Watson at quarterback. So it's another prove-it game for now the division leaders of the NFC West. Exactly, exactly. Um but moving on to our last game that we're going to highlight today, Sunday Night Football, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Buffalo Bills. Um, and the big thing is, is Cincinnati going to bounce back? Are they going to show us that post-bi-week Bengals are a legit team to consider? Um, because after smoking the 49ers, I feel like this is a game where if Cincinnati's going to if Cincinnati is going to make a statement, it's going to be Sunday night, and it's going to be a pretty big statement. Yeah, another primetime game, and you know, against a Bills team that hasn't looked the best. I mean, they're on and off. They had that really good game against Miami, but outside of that, um, just a lot of a lot of mistakes being made in that offense, and overall, they just haven't looked like the Buffalo Bills we're used to seeing. Just not as sharp as they usually are. So. For me, I think this is a very winnable game for Cincinnati. They're starting to find their groove again. Um, and coming off that big road win in San Francisco, uh, I, th- I think they have a pretty good chance at um, beating Buffalo here. For sure. I, I think they definitely have a good chance. Um, I think the the Joe Shiesty, um Jamar Chase connection, having that back um, – is, is a big deal, um, especially now that Cincinnati has a an improved offensive line. Joe Burrow is finally coming into his own, I feel like. Um, and the Bills on the other side are kind of reeling. Um, even though they won, um, even though they beat the Buccaneers, I feel like the loss to the Jaguars especially kind of showed that if you have a good team, if you have a good quarterback, and if you have a solid defense, you can beat these bills they're a mortal team this year um josh allen is just i don't know i feel like he's playing more like early early evolutions of josh allen he's more careless with the ball i feel like they don't they're not as efficient moving the ball up the field they don't have those massive chunk plays anymore either and i that's that's the biggest thing that if cincinnati can can manage those chunk plays um manage josh allen's arm then they have I, I feel like they can win that. And um, Cash, what are your thoughts? Final final predictions. Yeah, I think I agree with you. You know, the pace for that offense, for that Bills offense, just hasn't been there. Um, penalties or just miscues have been throwing off um, just how they've been able to get their drives flowing. But I think this is another shootout waiting to happen. I mean, Buffalo's defense has played well, but, you know, they, they've led up to the Patriots, led up to Tampa late last game. I think it's going to end up being – I'm going to go I'm gonna go 31-28. I think Cincinnati hangs on here. but and, and they send a message to this Bills team um, just kind of encapsulating. A, you know, record-wise, it doesn't show it, but a poor start to the season. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think 
I'm, I'm probably gonna have to agree with you. I think Bengals win. Um, maybe maybe a little less scoreline. I think it's 28 21. Um, but yeah, those are those are our NFL predictions for this season. Um, a recap of the MLB Finals, MLB Championship. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to check out our social medias at rewindthattape.com and our YouTube channel um, at rewindthattape. And again, thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to come back and listen to our next episode. Peace.